0: God never made any two things alike. Read that in the book of Genesis. God created diversity. Human beings are inventors of uniformity. So we try to put everybody in uniform. Everybody must think the same way, behave the same way, look the same way, eat the same foods. Human beings are creators of uniformity. God is the author of diversity. We must learn to appreciate and celebrate our God-given differences. Differences facilitate function. It is because we are different why we are able to do the things that we do. We read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 21, where Paul talks about the body. And Paul is saying that the body functions the way it does because the parts are different. Can you imagine the type of body you would have if all you had one eye or a feet? It is differences that facilitate function. Differences also allow for interdependence. Because I am different from you, you are different from me, we are different from each other. We develop the sense, not independence, interdependence. The speaker this morning spoke about the myth of independence. We claim that we are independent, yet we can't even go to bed at night and leave our door open. We have to worry about people who are going to take away what we have. We are are living in slavery. Yet we say that we are independent. But differences allow for interdependence. Because I am a farmer, and you are a doctor, and you can't find time to plant the crops, then you have to, there has to be some interdependence. You have to depend on me to give you your banana. And when I am not well, I have to depend on you to write my prescriptions for me. What do you say? Dif- differences allow for interdependence. May I suggest to you that the concept of independence may be good for a nation state. But it is like termites in a building... When it comes to interpersonal relationships. Can you imagine the the father or the mother or the child in the family saying, I am independent of my family unit? That's a formula for disaster. No one is an island. No man is an island. Even if he has everything That he needs and wants. And I'm saying that again. No one is an island, even if you have everything that you need and that you want. We have to depend on one another. So learn to appreciate your brother and your sister because he or she is different for you. It is your difference as a disciple that gives you your value. And your distinctiveness. We lose all our value. Whenever we lose our difference. And let me illustrate that from the Bible. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 verse 14. You are the salt of the earth. And if the salt has lost its saltiness. It is good for nothing. Salt is only valuable. When it is different from the thing that it is going to be applied to. Once the salt has lost its saltiness, once it becomes like its environment, it is useless. It is our difference that facilitates our function. It is is our difference that gives us our value. What do you say to that? We cannot afford to destroy things And people, because they are different from us. Which leads me naturally to my second point. We learn from this lesson that we should not kill each other. Because we are not identical in every way. The people of Ephraim and Gilead, they're identical. Common culture, common history, same God, they read from the same Bible, all of that. But there was a difference, a minor difference. One could say H in a word and the other couldn't say it. How terrible. My brothers and sisters, let me remind you that a Jamaican is a Jamaican regardless of the political party that he or she supports. A human being is a human being regardless of the pigmentation of the skin. And listen to this. And this one It's controversial, but I'm going to say it. And it is going to trouble some of you. And you are going to send me emails. Send me the emails. I'll respond to you. Send me the emails, but this is going to disturb some of you. But think about it. A Christian is a Christian regardless of the preferred day of worship. And that is trouble. A Christian is a Christian, regardless of the preferred day of worship. Now, that doesn't mean that you must not keep the Sabbath day holy. God says you must keep the Sabbath day holy. And Christians are people who do what God says. But I am not prepared to call you a pagan because you're preferred day of worship is Thursday. And I know I'm disturbing some of you. We have everything in common as Christians. We read the same Bible. We give offerings. We go to church. All of that. But the difference is that I assemble on Saturday and you assemble on Sunday. It is a difference, but it is not sufficient reason for us to kill one another. (laughs) I know that is trouble. (laughs) Whatever it is that sets us apart from each other is no justification for us to destroy the other. Whatever it is. One of the tragedies of the Christian faith is that Christians have not been able to get along with each other. Are you hearing me? And I'm saying this within the context of what is, what is going to happen next week. Christians have not been able to get along with each other. This, this is how it was in New Testament times. You read the book of Acts. And you see, we are a group of Christians are known as Judaizers. The first church council was convened, Acts chapter 15, because church members could not get along with each other. Are you with me? We see where the Apostle Paul was always quarreling with the people who knew Jesus personally. It is in the Bible. Paul quarreling with Barnabas. And it was so bad that the two big men had to go separate ways. Paul was quarreling with Peter. And the John Mark issue and all of that. That is how it was in the early church. There are doctrinal differences. Some churches never believe in the doctrine of the resurrection. That is why 1 Corinthians chapter 15 was written. Paul says some of you say that there is no resurrection. Read it. It's in the Bible. So the early church couldn't get along. Members just could not get along. Even the disciples of Jesus could not get along. And Jesus called a child and put in the midst and said, If you're, if you don't, if you're not converted... And be as little child then. Woe be unto you. Those differences played out. In the subsequent years. After the New Testament era. The gift of prophecy. Which we are studying. Some Christians believed in an active expression. Of the gift of prophecy. The mountainous. And they were sidelined and ridiculed. And literally pushed out of the church. Because they believed in prophecy. And some others Held the gift of prophecy, suspect. Even when we come down to our time with a worldwide ecumenical movement, present-day Christians are barely getting along. And you are beginning to pat yourself on the shoulder and say, oh, that happens to other Christians, but not to us. But do not believe that the Seventh-day Adventist church is exempt from this. Did you know that we, 7th Adventists, have the dubious distinction or the distinction of being the denomination that spawns the most dissidents or offshoots? i disturbing you again. We have the distinction of being the church that gives rise to the most offshoots. Because somebody believes this and somebody doesn't believe it, then we say, look, you can't be a part of my church. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to put you out. So they go and they start another movement. Now Rodney King asks a question of the day. Los Angeles riots. Why can't we all get along? Why can't we all get along? Even after 2,000 years of Christian history, the church continues to display its destructive talent of creating division out of trivialities. And death is often the result of this. Let me read you an interesting story. I got this from a book called, More Light, Less Heat. Listen carefully, very carefully. I was walking in San Francisco, I was walking in San Francisco, (laughs) (laughs) shibole. Don't kill me for that. Let me get it right now. I was walking in San Francisco along the Golden Gate Bridge when I saw a man about to jump off. I tried to dissuade him from committing suicide and told him simply that God loves him. A tear came to his eye. I then asked him Are you a Christian or a Jew? or a Hindu, or what? He said, I am a Christian. I said, me too. Protestant or Catholic? Protestant, he replied. Me too, I said. What denomination? Northern Baptist, he said. Well, me too, I said. That's amazing. What a small world. Northern Conservative Baptist or Northern Liberal Baptist? <laughs> Northern Conservative Baptist, he announced. I said, I don't believe it. What are the chances of that? Me too. Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist, or Northern Conservative Reformed Baptist? Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist. Remarkable, I said. Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Great Lakes Region, or Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Eastern Region? Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region. I said, it is a miracle. Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region of 1879 or Northern Conservative Baptist Great Lakes Region of 1912? Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region of 1912, he answered, Die heretic, I said, and pushed him off the bridge. (laughs) The Christian Church, after 2,000 years of history, continues to display its destructive talent in creating divisions out of trivialities, out of shibboleth. This was the attitude of the Ephraimites to the Gileadites. They had no regard for the things that they had in common. This, unfortunately, is the attitude of one denomination to another. And also the attitude of Christians, of one Christian to another, within the same denomination. Why do we have to vilify our fellow believers with whom we disagree? Why do we have to demonize those whose theological perspective is not the same as ours? And Why do we have to expend our energies in religious coup de grace? Because we are something that we do not know, that we thought that we should know. Why? Why can't we all just get along? Somebody wrote this. The effects of the church's high-profile fighting have been costly and ugly. It has sapped our strength, from the real work of love to which Christ calls us. It has marred the church's witness to the world. It has stained our souls as we have fostered resentment towards others. Fellow Christians have been wounded or driven out of service. Still others, upon seeing the spiritual violence, have retreated from church involvement never to return. Why? Why? Can't we all just get along? This is so very, very sad because God's people have become executioners. They are killing their brothers and sisters and have justified their cruelty and lack of compassion with a shibboleth. Shibboleth. Is there any way out of this undesirable state and the answer to that is yes. Jesus came to this earth to show that our difference, whether they are minor or major, should not cause us to have differences or to be indifferent towards one another. There is a way out. Jesus met a woman at the well. A Samaritan, did I get that one right? A Samaritan woman. A Samaritan woman at the well from a different church. They had a church. They had the Pentecost, They had a temple. They believed in the Messiah. But they had minor differences. And Jesus said to her, look, the day is coming when God seeks a people who won't be focusing on the place of worship. God is seeking people who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Put aside the differences. And the woman went to her community and she said, Come, see a man. See a man who told me all that I ever did. And Jesus went there and preached to those outcasts as it were. And they were one to him. Then we think of the Syrophoenician woman. A woman from another nation, despised. She came to Jesus, asking for a healing for her daughter. And Jesus used a derogatory term. Jesus literally called her a dog. Literally called her a dog. And we are told by Ellen White that Jesus was just reflecting the attitude of the people around him. Because these people were despised. They were different there were members of another church. There were no bodies. They were hellbound. The woman said to her, Lord, even the dogs eat from the crumbs that fall from the table. And Jesus said, Have your crumb. Your daughter is healed. What do you say to that? Jesus integrated her. Then there's a good Samaritan, that man. We know the story. Everybody passed by. The Levite looked at him. The priest peeped at him. Everybody passed by. But this despised man. This outcast. He was coming from the bar. The liquor shop. The Bible says he had wine on him. He had a flask in his pocket. And he was singing. There's not a friend like the Jerry and Neville. He had lick on him. And he stopped. And he did what the churchmen did not do. And at the end of the day, Jesus commended him. He said, Which of them do you think was neighbor to him that fell among thieves? And the prejudice was so strong that they wouldn't even call his name. They said, The one who showed mercy. Jesus came. To abolish differences. The cross abolished all distinctions. In Jesus we are one. In Jesus our differences amount to nothing. The challenge of the Seventh-day Adventist church. Is to take the gospel to everywhere. And to live the gospel here. Did you get that? Our challenge is to take the gospel Everywhere. And to live the gospel here. For the first to be done. The prayer of Jesus for unity must be answered. Jesus prayed that they all may be one. As thou father art in me. So we must be united. For the second to be met. We must pay greater attention to God's big picture. And less to our small Differences. We must stop shooting the saints. I once read a historical anecdote which tells why Quebec speaks French today and not English. I do not remember the name of the general, but he was giving his orders. Sail up the Saint Lawrence River, the English general. Surround the city and wait for reinforcements to arrive. Those were his orders. Surround the city, wait for reinforcements to arrive, and then attack. This general was a devout protestant, and Quebec was a Catholic city, and mounted on the wall of the city, were images of the saints, all kinds of images. So this general got very zealous, and he decided that he was going to shoot down the saints on the wall. So he kept firing, firing, shooting the saints. He gave away his position, he ran out of armor, and the people of Quebec were able to reinforce And beat him off. The English did not gain control of Quebec. Because one zealous general decided that he was going to shoot the saints. Brothers and sisters. If we are going to prosper in our work of evangelism. We must stop shooting the saints. The saints are not the enemy. It is the devil who is the enemy. Let us point our guns at him. So I say to you, let us celebrate our differences. And I'm going to say something that is controversial again, and I'm going to say it. I have more in common with a shepherd rod than a Rastaman. Because the shepherd rod believes in the Sabbath, and he believes in the spirit of prophecy, and other things. And I am not going to put any person out of church because you're a shepherd rod, or a brimsmead, and I'm not going to sanction that. I am going to say to him, you are not here. You can't propagate your doctrine here. But I'm not going to put him out of church. The same courtesy that I will show to a rastaman is the same courtesy that I'm going to show to a shepherd rod. And I know that that is controversial. Why? My house, says Jesus, shall be called a house of prayer for all people. It doesn't matter the difference that separates you from me. Let us celebrate our differences and let us have dialogue with those who can say shibole and those who say sibole. We don't have to fight. Let us stop killing each other by whatever means we do the killing. And let us enter into a relationship of oneness with Jesus and with one another. Let us stop straining the knot and swallowing the camel. Sometimes we emphasize the little thing, the little bad thing. And the big bad thing escapes us. you with me on that? Are you not? And my brothers and sisters, as we prepare for the footsteps of Jesus Bible seminars, I'd like to let you know that we have the power to determine the character of our church, all of us. Will the church be a battlefield where we kill one another? Or will it be the body of Christ? We have the power to make our church. We have the ability to shape it. And I'm saying to you, let us begin by acknowledging differences, by celebrating them rather than fighting over them. Today, we have come to the Jordan. Whether we are Gileadites or Ephraimites, but I'm going to put myself on the side of the Ephraimites. We have come to the Jordan. We are defeated, and we are doing our best to make good our escape. We want to cross Jordan to our home and our place of safety. But we have a problem. Satan and his compatriots in arms stand at the fording to ensure that there is no escape and that we all be killed. Satan says to us, say shibboleth. And let me tell you this, we are dead meat, all of us, as long as Satan is the evaluator. Because no matter how well you pronounce the word, Satan will never say that you are right. We can never get it right for him. But listen to some advice. Do not attempt to pronounce any word that the devil tells you. Whenever the devil tells you to say, Shibboleth, just shout the name Jesus. That's all you need to do. Say, Jesus. There is no other name given under heaven whereby men may be saved, but the name of Jesus. We are not saved by Shibboleth, although Shibboleth saved some of the Ephraimites. We are saved by the name of Jesus. Songwriter says, Jesus, oh how sweet the name. Another one says, there is no other name like Jesus. "'Tis the dearest name we know." And still another says, "'Take the name of Jesus with you, child of sorrow and of joy. It will joy and give you. Take it then wherever you go. So all hail the power of Jesus' name. Amen. Let angels prostrate fall. <coughs> the powers of darkness quake when that sweet chant they hear. Let us say the name of Jesus. In him is life. In him is hope. In him is deliverance. In him is redemption. Say the name Jesus. Say it brethren. Jesus. 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 There's no other name. Under heaven. Whereby human beings are saved. In Jesus we are one. We are different, yet we are one. Let us celebrate our oneness. Let us celebrate our difference. And let us march forward as soldiers in the army of God. Victory is assured. March on. Bring our service to a close. We'll stand and make use of the hymn 612, Onward Christian Soldiers.